Hey, BA fam, this episode is sponsored by State Farm. Are you a small business owner looking for insurance that fits your needs and budget? Look no further than State Farm. State Farm agents are not just insurance providers. They're also small business owners who live and work right here in your community. They understand the unique challenges of running and protecting a small business. When it comes to small business insurance, State Farm knows what it takes. Create a plan that fits your needs and your budget. State Farm agents are ready to help you choose personalized policies that truly understand your business. Ensure your small business with a fellow small business owner. Talk to a State Farm agent today and get started on personalized small business insurance that fits your needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. Hey, hey, hey. I'm Tiffany. What's up, guys? It's Mandy. <laughs> and this is Brown Ambition. Hey, Mandra, how you been? I've been good. I've been good. I've been enjoying this little teaser of spring weather, although winter is already back and driving me insane. Yeah, the winter, it's definitely giving us, um, um, oh, what's that thing you guys watch that I don't watch? Game of Thrones. Yes. Oh, but you know what? You'll be proud of me. This is a little aside because I see the new Game of Thrones is coming out soon, right? The the last one? Yeah, um, April 14th. But you know who's counting? <laughs> and I felt like I ought to know at least some basics of what's happening. There's actually this really great YouTube channel called Cram. I think it's CR. I don't know if it's K or C. Either way. So he crams um, each season into like a 20 to like 30, 35 minute um, explanation and I feel like I know things. Oh, okay. That's I useful. That's honestly, a challenge. It was, it was really good, honestly, because I was bored one night. I could not go to sleep. And I said, you know what? I feel like I'm never going to watch Game of Thrones because, I mean, let's be real. I'm so behind. But so I watched the first season and I was like, okay, the first season crammed. It was like, like I said, like 30 minutes. And I said, okay, Daenerys Targaryen. Okay. Just, you know, <laughs> poor, poor Ned with his head cut off. Got it. Got it. Got it. Spoiler when, alert. Damn. Well, I mean, if you haven't watched the first season, you're, it's already just watch Crammed. I mean, there's a lot of heads that get cut off, so. <laughs> yeah. But it was so, honestly, it was so good. And I was like, oh, I can see why you guys like it. Although I am not sitting down to watch eight seasons of so many um, episodes. But I felt really proud of myself because I feel like when the new season comes out, because um, Superman does watch Game of Thrones. And now I feel like I can watch with him and not be like, who's that? What's that? What's going on? Yeah. I'm like, I know things. I was like, oh, wait till I tell Mandra. I be knowing stuff. You know, no, there's just so much content out there. I don't blame anybody for, I mean, I, I spent this weekend, I thought I was going to binge Queer Eye, which I did watch a few episodes. Um, do you watch Queer Eye on Netflix? No, there's too many things to watch. I know, there's so much, but like this is, this show will just make you just, just want to hug a puppy and just be so happy. <laughs> They're just such a fun, like little show. You don't have to binge it. You can just watch little sprinkles of it. Um, but I had to, I like forced myself to get out of the house and enjoy the sunshine. So I was quite 
feeling myself for just enjoying. We did a lot of yard work and we went, took Molly to the dog park, which she wasn't a fan of. Little Molly is an introvert like her mommy. Oh, she didn't like the dog park. <laughs> she was just, she's introverted. She doesn't, it was just too much stimulation for her. You know, all these extroverted dogs trying to sniff her butt and, you know, play she's with like, her. I don't know you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I don't know you. <laughs> exactly. It was it was too, too much for her. So it was a little sensory overload. And we came home and we just made our backyard a nice little place for her to relax. And it was funny because her real personality started coming out and she was having a good time. Um, yeah, I, I saw your IG um, story. I thought it was so cute when you guys were you were chasing her. And she was like, catch me. Okay, no, pet me. I thought that was so adorable. <laughs> yeah, she walks herself now. It's awesome. Just in the backyard. <laughs> I love that. Is she going to get much bigger? Do you know like how, how big her, like, her breed or whatever normally gets? No, this is it. She's a little over a year old, like a year and a half. And this is – she's fully grown. So she's like the really? perfect little size. Yeah, she's just – she's mixed. She's a Labrador, but she's mixed with something small, like a type of terrier that's small. So we got really lucky because she's got all the – personality of a lab but not the huge size like if you look at her yeah. next to a full-size labrador like a purebred she's like one-third of their size yeah she's a great size oh yeah. look mixed girl got a mixed baby mixed puppy i know my little mutt <laughs> <laughs> and she's black oh, and white too but you know on the nose oh, i love that <laughs> yeah. oh yeah she's adorable you almost make almost i'm like oh i want to pet a dog <laughs> I honestly, the mental health boost from having a dog in my life, because I've been wanting a dog for, I would have had a dog years ago if it wasn't for waiting for my partner to be on the same page. It's really frustrating, but finally we got one. But I, I just, I grew up with dogs and I feel like she had, <clears throat> yes, there's sort of the, the maintenance of having an animal or whatever that, you know, you have to like plan your life around them a little bit. But I think that's good practice for having a kid for one. And then two, just the mental health benefit. I mean, I'm just so much happier. And she's also forcing me to get out of the house. Like I've, I get up at 7 a.m. and go on a one and a half mile walk that I never would have taken, you know, before. Um, and I think that she's just had so many benefits, just even just being in my life for a few weeks that I'm not, I'm not going back. I'm always going to have a dog. Yeah, honestly, they say, you know, animal, I mean, that's why you see sometimes they have like a animal kind of like program at like, um, like elder homes and stuff like that, because it just, it's just helpful. I remember when I, I had a, I mean, I know a cat's not the same, but I was so geek with my parents because they were like, no, you can't have this. No, you can't have that. But they felt like a cat was something with, that was fairly easy. And cats are fairly easy to take care of because they're so independent. And honestly though, but it made my day. And also made me so responsible because like I was responsible for her vet bill. You know, I was responsible for feeding her and making sure that she had like, you know, wherever she was going to go to the bathroom. But it was just like nice to have, I mean, although cats don't give you the same kind of love, it was nice to have like this living, you know, living cute little creature just kind of like, I love you too. I mean, although cats are like, I love you too, I guess. They bless you <laughs> with their presence. Is this the same they, cat that you said ended up living with the neighbors? Yes. Well, I mean, to be <laughs> fair, we, we did leave her kind of high and dry, but still. Tell me about that responsibility again. <laughs> I know. Yeah. My dad was like, oh, well. I was like, no, the name thing. She's like, cat. The thing about a cat, it's not like a dog where you're like, I'm going to get my cat and bring it back. Like, we tried. And the cat was like, girl, I don't live with you anymore. I'm still going across the street. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, but it was cute of her to let, her let us know, like meowing out the window. Can you imagine the gall for us to walk by and for her to meow and be like, hey, girl, with her new collar on? I was like, ah, so, so this is where you live now. <laughs> And you're just letting me know, I'm good. Don't worry. I get fed here. I was like, you know what? It's fine. Cinder. I wonder what they even call her. She had, to do, her- she had to do what was best for her, you know? <laughs> yeah, Live did. her best life. 
her best. When I say her best, because my dad was definitely not for an inside cat. I'm like, daddy, they're they're not outside. You know, like they need to be inside. He's like, no. So I used to just have to sneak her inside. But she's like, but here, you know, they love me inside. So I'm sure she's still living. I mean, if she's still alive, because I mean, she was. You mean she got her white people? <laughs> yeah, because Africans were like. Animals do not belong inside. Yeah. No, no animals inside. I was like, Daddy, it's cold. So if you weren't here, what would she do? She would figure <laughs> it out. Like Daddy. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Any new exciting things coming up? Oh, man, not really. We aren't taking any. Tr- I'm, I don't even want to go there. It's very sad. No <laughs> trips for this. No trips for this quarter of my life. But I am planning. This is I decided this is the last year when I'm not the I'm like the only person not traveling in August. Um, okay. I'm just sitting at work getting everybody's out of office eat bounce backs. Um, so I'm oh. <laughs> finally going to get my life together and plan a trip for August. Yeah, but I'm going to see my dad in April and see my mom in April. So I'm I am, you know, putting my family first. Well, that's good. I'm, I'm taking two weeks. I mean, I'm not going to like travel, travel necessarily. Although I am interested in maybe doing like a road trip somewhere. I feel like I've always wanted to go to like Rhode Island, even though I feel like Superman is going to be like Rhode no. Island. I don't know. I want to see like someplace with beautiful houses. Don't they have beautiful no shade. houses? In Rhode I mean, I don't know. <laughs> Growing pains? I don't know. I want to I, 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 I do like a road trip somewhere. Taylor um, Swift lives there. <laughs> but I want to, you know, someplace where it's like not too far. You know what? I don't even know if I'm going to do a road trip because I forgot Superman can't even drive long distances. Ever since his aneurysm surgery, it's like he's not able to drive long distances. Oh. So that means it's all me. I know, which sucks because he used to love driving and I don't like driving. So now I'm the designated driver always there and back. He's like, sorry, babe. I'll just stay awake. Here's the thing about me. If you're driving and I'm the passenger, I'm not staying awake. Yeah, ditto. <laughs> I, I can't do it. My husband just like pinches me until I wake up. I'm like, that's just not fair. Why can't I enjoy life? <laughs> I don't, I'm the worst. I'm like, I'm sorry, but like, God forbid you are driving with me. I'm like, you better not close your eyes. You keep me, you keep me company. <laughs> but yeah, so I'm hoping maybe we'll do like a little, I'm going to take the first two weeks off in April just because just, and what I mean off, just like no work, just woosah, you know, the house is just about finished. We're like literally like tile and refinishing the floor and like painting. So like any, any week now we'll be finally done. So I'll just spend time bugging the contractors in there like mm, to the left, mm, to the right. Have I'm I ordering not seen my- any reno pictures? Where are you chronicling this experience? Yeah, I just stopped because I was like, it was depressing for me because I would always be like, this is the week. Uh, this is not the week. So I'm like, at the end. I'm we want the do- ugly truth. <laughs> I'll do the big reveal at the end. Okay, fine. So I've, I've been taking, I have been like, obviously, you know, we've been taking pictures, but, and honestly, it, like the other day I thought Superman was going to cry because he was like, this is even better than my wildest dreams. And I'm not going to lie. Um, now that the like tile has gone in, me too. I'm like, wow. My... My um, designer, Rihanna, she and her husband, so, like I said, um, they're like a, a Chip and Joanna, husband, wife, design, kind of like construction team. Um, and um, her, her husband's name is Jermaine. And so they have a company called Remain. Isn't that cute? Remain? R-E-M-A-I-N. Remain Homes. And um, so sometimes Rihanna would like, you know, because I'm really conservative in like my design choices. She's like, well, why not look at this? Or why not try this? And what about this? And I'd be like, no. But now that everything's getting put in, I'm like, oh my goodness, it looks amazeballs. I'm not even going to lie. Like, I can't believe this is going to be our house. I feel like 
the the best advice I got from someone was from my business partner, Jabril. He said, Tiffany, when I first started, like, you know, doing the renovations, he said, um, do not budget needs to the house. <laughs> and I was like, and I knew what he meant. He was like, basically, I'm I'm someone who does the I take delayed gratification too far. And I'm always like, the next time, the next one, the next one. And so he was like, you know, you work really hard. You deserve to have a beautiful place to live and stay. And, you know, like, and you, you spend a lot of time at home because you work from home. So just like get the things that you want. I mean, obviously, you know, don't, don't put yourself in financial harm's way, but get the things that you want. And so I listened to that and I'm so happy because I really don't think we're going to be moving anytime soon. Yeah. I mean, and you also think about what you want to come home to. Yeah. What will make you feel relaxed. And yeah, I had the same kind of conversations with my husband about really investing in the spaces that were most important and where we spent most of our time um, so that we could really, yeah, just be happy and feel like if you're living in the house for 10 years or whatever, that it's a place that you want to come home to. And at a certain point, forgetting about like a little bit about the resale value and will you recoup the investment? No, you're not going to recoup everything. But yeah. You know the 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 investment in your mental health and like your your space for your family. It's it's exciting. I can't wait. It is, and also too, like you know, it's not like, you know, I'm not some spend spendaholic. So it's like Tiffany, it's okay to spend a little bit of money. You know, like you know, it's okay to get the marble instead of the ceramic tile here. It's okay, girl. The extra two hundred dollars. It's okay. Treat you know, so. <laughs> exactly. And so yeah, I can't wait. Honestly, yeah. So when it, I really feel like it's going to be like less than a month. Well, it'll, the shell will be done. Like, you know, we won't have all of our furniture stuff because we're still ordering because most of the stuff, most of the furniture that we live with now is like my husband's like bachelor furniture. And he's like, what about this? I'm like, babe, what part of almost everything is staying? Don't you understand? (laughs) (laughs) I don't want your bachelor furniture and anything that you want to take with us. That's what the man cave is for. He's so sick of me saying he's like the man cave, right? I'm like, you got it. (laughs) (laughs) Just put that on the box. Exactly. Put that in the man cave. And so he's excited about his man cave boy. He's like, yes, I'm going to be able to watch the game loud. I'm going to be able to have my friends over. So our, 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 um, our compromise was he could do whatever he wants in the man cave as far as decorations, you know, cause I don't really particularly care for his sense of style and color. And then I get the, <laughs> I get the rest of the, <laughs> the, the rest of the house, even though sometimes he's like, Ooh, I think we should put, I'm like the, remember the rule. So he does get one veto. One, like, absolutely not. I don't want, you know, whatever. But for the most part, I mean, you know, because my husband's like, he likes really bold, loud colors in a house. And I don't. I'm more of a neutral. And maybe, like, the furniture or, like, the pillows be a little bit bold, not the wall color. Like, like literally, we have a burgundy wall in our house, an orange wall, a, a green wall. Um, let me see what other colors we have. Those colors don't go together. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> in, our, in, our, in our current apartment. Not in oh, our okay. house. In our Oh no, there was that that was not happening in the house. I was like, <laughs> absolutely not. So like burgundy, orange, green. I mean, when I tell you we have so many colors, we have some trim that's chocolate brown. Who why why? Why why is there chocolate brown trim? Why is that even a thing? So I told him he's not allowed to crack his lips to make any color choices. Except for in the basement, where you can go crazy, son. You could make this place as wildly colorful as you like, because no one's coming down here. This belongs to you. He's like, okay. Fine. <laughs> hey, BA fam, this episode is sponsored by State Farm. 
Are you a small business owner looking for insurance that fits your needs and budget? Look no further than State Farm. State Farm agents are not just insurance providers, they're also small business owners who live and work right here in your community. They understand the unique challenges of running and protecting a small business. When it comes to small business insurance, State Farm knows what it takes. Create a plan that fits your needs and your budget. State Farm agents are ready to help you choose personalized policies that truly understand your business. Ensure your small business with a fellow small business owner. Talk to a State Farm agent today and get started on personalized small business insurance that fits your needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. Okay, I've got to. I'm trying. I was trying to find a way to segue to the to the the headline for the show today, which is auto loan debt. But I didn't achieve it, so we're okay. just gonna jump right in. Yay, <laughs> auto loan debt. So this is something that over the years we've covered. I've always covered like auto loan debt. You know, auto loan debt has been rising, and what you hear when people say, you know, are we reaching crisis status with auto loans debt in America? Is it as bad as the subprime mortgage? Um, crisis, you know, that precipitated the recession? Is it as bad as a student loan debt crisis? And the answer has always been no, you know, because delinquency rates for auto loans haven't always been that bad. Um, And the reason is, and the reason people's experts will say is because people need their cars, like they're always going to pay their car note, because they need it to get to and from their actual job. Um, So it's one of these things that while debt has been increasing, people haven't been as worried because it hasn't become this whole source of delinquency. But I find auto loan debt in America, the numbers that we have in our most recent lending tree analysis of auto loan debt just really just caught me off guard. Um, And I wanted to spend some time talking about auto loan debt and about the car culture that we have in this country and how I genuinely feel like if people treated, if people were um, less willing to take on so much debt for their cars, they could so much easier achieve other financial goals that they have in life. Like how you read those studies all the time mm-hmm. that say that Americans can't scrounge up $400 for an emergency. Well, the average auto loan in America, the average car note in America is over $500. I'm not shocked. Remember I told you that story about Superman had a, a $900 car note when I met him. Oh, God. Remember? And I, I forgot I it was that much. I, I, yeah. And then that didn't include um, uh, insurance. And I was like, so this is this is your house. You live. This is a mortgage. And you live in this house. And and his excuse was because he worked for the city of Newark, um, the, the site that he lived on, because he was like on call, he didn't have to um, he didn't have to pay rent. So he was like, I can splurge on my car because I'm not paying rent. And I was like, so what happens one day if they're like, psych, you know, we're going to eliminate the on call part and ask you to pay rent. And he's like, well, and I was like really adamant about it. And so he actually had to surrender his car. I'm back because I'm like, it's just too high. It doesn't make sense. It's too high. He had a Denali, one of those big trucks, you know, um, or whatever the current year was. And so he did. Um, and sure enough, two months later, after he did that, he um, they took away that part of his position and he had to pay rent. And he was like, and, you know, I didn't want to say I told you so, but I said I told you but so. you told him so. <laughs> <laughs> but I just remember, I, I'm not going to lie, you know, Mandy, up until then, I didn't even know car loans could get as high as $900. Yeah, I, I mean, I that's, that's like a mortgage payment. That's crazy. Not like it is a mortgage payment. 
I, I didn't, I'm like, how does a, a salesperson in good conscience sell you that? They don't have a conscience. That's not part of their job. They, when you walk into the dealership, and this is a mistake so many people, and we'll get into the numbers in a minute, but the mistake so many people make when they walk into the dealership is they go in with the kind of car that they want. And all they want, they want the dealer to tell them they can have it. And the mm-hmm. dealer is more than happy to, to pull strings behind the scenes, getting you all kinds of financing from their lender partners to make that happen. Because, of course, dealers get a kickback from the lenders in their network um, and the financing office for selling you the biggest loan possible. They get a percentage of that. So, of course, they're going to want to get you approved. Um, but let's, let's, let's talk a little bit about like the crisis itself, which I'm going to call it a crisis. Maybe, you know, economists don't agree with me, but I – these numbers were really outstanding to me. So let's start with the big picture. Right now, Americans have over $1.14 trillion worth of auto loan debt. Let that sink in. That's up 23% than uh, the year 2013. Um, Right now, auto loans count for about 8% of outstanding consumer debt. Gen Generation X, if we can get down to like age level, Gen Xers, I'm talking to you, not you, Tiff, because you're exception. Gen <laughs> Xers out of any generation carry the highest auto loan balances with a median of $18,700. But the average, let's, let's, let's focus on this for a second. The average amount that people are borrowing for a new car in the US is nearly $30,000, which is $5,000 more than we were borrowing as a country for new cars just a decade ago. Um, ouch. <laughs> that, that, I mean, that's crazy for a car, not student loans, not a home, but a car. A car. For used cars, slightly better, but still nearly $20,000. That was the average new car loan um, at the end of 2018. And what's like another shocking statistic from this finding is that people with good credit actually take out higher auto loans. Like they're more likely to take out the big auto loans. So I mentioned the average new car loan, um, according to our analysis, is about uh, $30,000, $31,000. If you have a good credit score, excellent credit score, you're taking out nearly $33,000 for a new car and nearly $22,000 for a used car. Because you don't feel it. You're like, woohoo, I've got good credit. My interest rate is lower. So your payment might be the same as someone who borrowed less. You know, but so you're just like, either way, we're both paying 500, but it's like, no, sis, at the end of the day, you're going to end up paying more. Yeah. And when you when you compare like the rates on auto loans to like, say, a credit card, it does look like a better deal. OK, so, yeah, I've got $30,000 on an auto loan, but my interest rate's only 5%, for example, or the average rate in America right now is 7%. Yeah, that sounds a lot better than, you know, a credit card, which the average rate is about 15 or 16% now. That's true. However, the problem is that the length of terms that people are getting, so the amount of time they sign up to pay back their auto loans, is only getting longer. So even just in the last um, quarter of 2018, the length of um, auto loan loan terms increased by half a month. So right now, people are taking out loans for an average 68 and a half months, which is, what is that, over six years or nearly six years. Um, And what happens is, yeah, that... 7% 7% APR doesn't seem that bad, but you add that up over a six-year period and you're adding thousands and thousands of dollars to the original cost of your car, which is a depreciating asset in the first place. So the value is going down, but your loan bill is going up because of this interest that's accruing. And for me, I just don't see the 
And I, I'm judgy wudgy was a bear. I know I sound very like judgy and preachy, <laughs> but I, you know, even if you have to, like, you have to look at a car note for me, it was always an extra expense that I, that I, in my mind was taking away from something else that I could do with that, you know, 300, $400 a month. And when my husband and I, we live in New York city, we didn't necessarily need a car for a long time, but finally we needed one when we were moving out of the city. And when we were looking at cars, we, we would fight about this, you know, what kind of car to get, how much to borrow. And for me, it wasn't, a, it was about getting a reliable car. Of course you want a reliable car. Um, but I was at a minimum wanting like a pre, uh, sorry, a seat certified pre-owned car. Yes. So at least you're walking away with a car that's already had its depreciation. You know, it's been driven off the lot, someone else paid for it, and now you're getting at a lower price, but it's still, you know, reliable because it's not that, that old. And mm-hmm. then I wanted to aggressively pay it off as quickly as I could because I just didn't want this to be a line item on my budget that was taking away from other goals that I had. Um, so I'm speaking from experience and I just want, I don't know, I wanted to open up the conversation just to talk about it and also challenge our listeners to look at how much they're spending on their car. Like go to, and I'll share a link to this interest loan calculator in the show notes so you can actually punch in how much your auto loan note is how many months you have left and your interest rate and see in black and white how much money you're going to spend in interest over the years. And you might think differently about that car itself and maybe think about taking to the extreme like with um, Superman. He surrendered his car, you said, or he um, sold it. What did he do with his car? He Well, he surrendered. So, well, basically they, he, they bought it back, you know, but he still owed a little bit on it. You know, so because, you know, because depreciation. So I can't remember. Let's just say the car was like $40,000 and they bought it back for like 30000 or 35000 or whatever. And he had already made whatever amount of payments. So there might have been I think there was probably like a $4,000 difference or three or $4,000 difference. And so um, he he actually took out like a low or no interest loan from his credit union and, you know, and then paid that paid the, the dealership and then paid his credit union back. I think it took about six months to pay the credit union back. And then we, we had no car, but we also had no car debt. So that's a good point is when you, mm-hmm. yeah, because it's, it's the asset itself, the car is, is decreasing in value while you, yep. if, and especially if you put down a low down payment and people who have good credit, excellent credit, you can qualify for those 0%, you know, down, no down payment car loans that actually exist and are out there if you have excellent credit. But that means you're just taking on more loan debt. And that means that if you get in a situation where you want to sell that car, or you can't afford the payments anymore, and you try and sell it or surrender it, you know, back to the back to the lender, um, then you may be underwater, which means that you owe like your loan is worth more than the car actually is anymore. So that's what happens when you don't put down a sufficient down payment on a car, which is, I think, recommended to, well, the classic 20% rule, um, put down a healthy down payment to at least cover whatever that first year's depreciation is Mm -hmm. to put you in a position where you're not like underwater. And so, you know, like, you know, obviously he, you know, he lives and he learns, but I'm not going to lie. It took a long time for him to get it because like he wanted his truck back so bad because, you know, my husband is tall. So, you know, you know, um, husband, your husband is tall. You know, they love that idea of a truck, don't they? Tesla. Um. <laughs> if I hear the word oh, Tesla one te- more time. And he will not to this day, Tesla, he points it out in the street. I'm like, we are not getting a $60,000, whatever it is, like car. I We have no car debt. I'm like, that's a good place to be. Look yes. at this thing in my driveway. It's an asset to me. I sell it. I own the title. I get the cash. You know, yep. that's to me an asset. And 
And I look at that as an extra, you know, $500 we can be putting toward our savings or vacation, the house, you know, people want to say, how did you get a house? Yes. um, There's other, you know, I've obviously been saving for a long time, but I think being so hell bent on not accruing a lot of unnecessary debt also helped. Yeah. I think that that's the thing that worries me about folks the most, you know, what we do with financial education is that I don't think that there's enough hesitancy on creating new debt. Isn't, doesn't that seem strange, right? That people like will literally have, and I'm not judging. I mean, cause I've been here, you know, you'll sign up for a couch bill, a TV bill, a blender bill. And so that's anytime you swipe your card for like, Oh, I'm going to buy this. I'm going to buy that. And with, without the intention of paying it off in full, when the bill comes, you have like, you have a, now you have a dress bill and a comforter bill. And, and so accruing all of this debt. And I mean, it was one of the things like when I, I don't, you know, I don't, I guess it's because like, you know, just from my dad and growing up and just being like really preached to about the dangers of debt, that one of the things I did when I moved out was really to be mindful of, is this going to add an additional debt to my monthly, you know, my monthly payments and just being like, well, how can I, how can I get the thing? So I always think this, how can I get the thing without the monthly payment? You know, does that mean waiting? Does that mean saving? I mean, the car that I have now you know, like it's much nicer, but every car I've ever, I've never had a car note. First car, I think I bought for like under $5,000. I, I moved home right after college. I saved, saved, saved. Um, and I bought that car from like a used car lot, um, or the auction. Um, and it was in you know, good condition. It was maybe like three or four years old. It was a 99 Nissan Altima. Um, and I rode that car. It had 216,000 miles on it. <laughs> Damn. And then, and it was still going strong because you know, all will last forever. <laughs> and then someone actually, I, I had that car parked outside of my parents' house, and someone crashed into it, and and destroyed it. And then the um, insurance company, shocker, which I was actually shocked that gave me four thousand dollars for it because it was um. And so with that four thousand, you know what I did? I went back to the. Um, I went to my mechanic had a used car. He had a, at the time a ninety nine Camry, which by then it, that was like a ten year old car. Um, and so, cause it was like 2009 by then. So I bought the Camry, um, and I rode that Camry up until two years ago. And that Camry had almost 200,000 miles on it. And then, um, I had saved enough cause I knew the Camry was like, the Camry didn't last as long as the Ultima. Or, and I knew it was like on its last leg. So I had been saving, saving, savings. And now, now I've got, a, um, a, I don't know, like a 2017, um, uh, a Lincoln MKZ. And so when I bought the the Lincoln, it was like a year and a half old to two years old. So that was significantly more. The first car was 5,000, second car was four. The Lincoln, I think they wanted like 26 or 27,000, but I had cash. So I paid 22,000, but it was like you said, Mandy, to your point, it was certified pre-owned. Um, and thank God, because there were some issues with the Lincoln um, that like, you know, I guess came before I knew. And so, but, and I've gotten that car fixed a, a couple of times. They finally, they actually had to like, almost like rebuild my engine because something happened to it. And I was like, that's not my problem. I bought a certified pre-owned. Y'all should have checked it. So they basically gave me a brand new engine and it cost me nothing because it was certified pre-owned. Um, and so like, you know, for the first time in like a long time, I have like a decent looking car cause the other cars were not cute, but I have a decent looking car, but I also don't have a car note. Um, and it's the same way we bought our houses. I know everyone can't buy a house in a car in, in cash, but you know, one of the things I think about when it comes to money is, is this going to add an additional payment to my life and can it be avoided? 
Can it be avoided through patience? Can it be avoided through savings? Can it be avoided through strategic, like, you know, strategically managing my money? And sometimes it can't be. Like, I went to school and I had my, my um, you know, student loans. I couldn't avoid it. But there are areas in your life that you can avoid adding another payment to your list because it eats away at your day-to-day. And, like, I don't know. I don't, you know, like, um, I, despite, like, um, Superman and I being, like, grown, I think I want to say, Mandy, that our collective bills for every, this doesn't include like what we do to help family members. Last time I checked, it was like $2,500 is how much our life costs us with, with groceries, with bills, with everything for, for an, two adults and, and, um, and a Supergirl. $2,500. That's it. Because I'm mindful of like collecting bills. And so I, I encourage that of you. Yes. As the budget needs to, I make way more money, but I was doing that when I was a preschool teacher making next to nothing. Mm-hmm. So it's possible at different levels of, of life, but you have to be mindful and you have to be willing not to have, you know, what everyone else seems to have up front um, and being okay with that. Like I had to learn not to put so much stock in, like not to put so much stock in stuff, you know? Yeah. I mean, my husband comes from like a Dominican family and the car, the car culture is, it's a status symbol. Well, we got our little pre-owned, certified pre-owned, you know, Mazda CX-5 a few years ago, a couple years ago. His mother wanted him to like take her to bingo, drive her around the neighborhood <laughs> so she can, so they can see how, you know, how successful her son is in a car. And, uh, you know, that's just like a toxic, it's a, it's that pressure to, to get what you can't afford. Um, you know, but come on, we're all grown ups or anyway, uh, and, and you should be able to resist the temptation and just think about, don't think about what you can't have. Think about what you can, can do, can save if you were, you know, less, I don't know, just more willing to, to buy a car that's not as expensive or maybe even a car that you can pay, you know, 50% down and then have a lower car note. People need cars. Like I'm not, I'm not an idiot. I, you know, my mom raised four kids. She needed a car to get around, but she drove that beat up Windstar minivan for like (laughs) (laughs) a long ass time, you know? And I, I understand that people need cars, um, but you don't need to take out $30,000 worth of debt to get one. And let's switch for a second because people are borrowing money for cars at an increasing rate, but they're also getting financing from the dealer Ooh. at an alarming rate too, which is like, oh, I wish don't I could just it. stand outside of every car dealership and just say no, or just like, come here, don't come until you got your own financing. But here are some numbers. So for new cars, nearly or over 50% of people buying new cars are getting their financing at the dealership. And this is the New car financing, again, is that's $31,000 for a new car you're financing at the dealer. For used cars, um, uh, most people are actually getting their financing from a bank, which is good. I wonder if that's because people who buy used cars are already thinking of how to save money and are more likely to go to the bank um, to do so. Yeah. So let's talk about like what happens when you go to the dealership. If you have not already shopped around and gotten – financing offers from whatever bank you have, your local credit union um, near you, and you're walking into that dealership, it's going to be difficult for you to walk out without getting the financing because you're going to fall in love with that car. They're going to try and sell you on all these, you know, bells and whistles. Maybe they'll say no down payment. Maybe they'll say, oh, we'll throw in extended warranty or whatever, or maintenance for a year. And then they're going to get you a dealership or sorry, a financing deal with one of their lender partners, it's almost always going to be worse than what you could have gotten through a credit union or even just any bank um, outside of the dealership. So before you go, before you go, shop and compare financing deals. 
I will shout out LendingTree where you can shop and compare auto loans. Also, you can do it at Magnify Money, or you can just do it your darn self by like going online. My husband and I just did went to Lightstream.com, which is a great, you know, uh, online-only lender that offers good rates if you've got good credit. Um, we got a, We went in with that Lightstream financing offer. I also went to a credit union, USAA, got a financing offer from them too, compared them. Lightstreams was better. And we took our pretty butts down to the, the used car lot. And this is the thing, like, when the dealer saw that we had our own financing, they spent like maybe 20 minutes in the office trying to get their lender, who happened, I think, to be Capital One, to match our rate. I think it was something crazy low. This was a few years ago when rates were a little bit lower. I think it was like... 3% or something around there. Um, and they managed to get it like a teeny tiny bit less than what our lender had. Um, but I don't think they would have done that. They definitely wouldn't have had an incentive to had we not shown up with our financing. So bring your own financing, even if you yes. can't pay it off. You know, I mean, yes, I'm telling you like credit unions are bay too. Oh, more than bay. Like I was a little sad to see. So we're talking about new cars only, where is this? Only 14% of people are going to credit unions. Why? Love your credit union. <laughs> They're there for you, you know? They're there yes. for you. Um, for used cars, it was a little bit higher again, about 15%, or sorry, even higher. About 30% of people buying used cars are going to their credit union. So people buying used cars clearly have done their research, yes. are buying used cars because they probably know it's not worth it to buy new, and also to bring their own financing to the table. Yes. Um, only, what is this? Only about 9% of people are getting dealer financing when they're buying used cars. So snaps for y'all. Yes. Come prepare, do your research. I remember honestly, so my, um, sister Tracy, she was needing a car because, um, her job was far from where she lived. And she's like, I really can't get like a putt putt. And I remember telling her like, okay. And I think, you know, I, I did convince her to get something that was just like a year, um, a year or so old, not, so not brand new, but definitely not you know, not old. Um, and then I remember telling her, cause she was like, I told her, bring your own financing. And I sent her to, um, you know, um, lending tree. And she was like, it was just such a great tool to find different, um, places where she could qualify based upon her credit score. I had given her a bunch of questions to ask based upon her credit score to really find the best lender for her. And she felt really confident going in like, okay, this is the best rate that I'm going to get. Um, I know exactly how much I'm going to borrow. And it just made her feel more confident. I mean, it wasn't ideal. She would have loved to, you know, buy a car in cash, but she was like, I, I can't get a five, six year old car. I'm driving too many miles a day. The car needs to be in like really tip top, great condition. And so I was proud of her. Yeah. I think with our car, we got, I think our car was like $18,000 and we paid half down. And then the next year we aggressively paid it off until it was gone. And, okay. you know, if I had used the, um, with our, with our rate being so low, we could have waited longer because, you know, if you have higher interest debt compared to your auto loan, it may make sense. It does, it does make sense to focus on aggressively paying down that debt first. So if you've got your auto loan and you've got credit cards that are like 15%, um, but your auto loan is 6%, yeah, it makes sense to throw what you can at your credit card debt first, but um, don't sleep on the auto loan either. That's uh, I think and it'll creep up on you. It will creep up on you. And there's things you can do. So let's say, you know, when you got your auto loan a few years ago, your credit score was not so great and now it's improved. You can look at refinancing, um, applying for a new loan, using it to pay off your own loan, but at a better rate. Um, you can even refinance it to a shorter term if you can afford mm -hmm. the higher payments. And that way you're not paying so much over the life of the loan. 
Or just, you know, make it one of your challenges to aggressively pay off your auto loan debt in 2019 or in the next couple of years. Um, if you have friends who are just drowning in auto loan debt, you know, talk to them too and see if, if there's anything they can do to maybe refinance um, or trade it in. Uh, be careful about trading in. Sometimes it's, you don't usually get the best value for the car that you're trading in. But yeah, um, if you are, especially if you're underwater on your auto loan, sometimes you just have to bite the bullet yep. like Superman did. Pay yep. the difference. That's very smart what he did, like taking out the – it's like he was dating the budget niece there or something. <laughs> <laughs> it was under extreme duress. Taking out like the personal me. loan. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it wasn't. he wasn't happy about it, but now he totally gets it. It's hard. When he's sitting in that man cave, you'll be happy. What? It wasn't, I'm telling you, honestly, it wasn't until, like, I would always be afraid when I went away on a business trip that I was going to come back to another truck in the driveway. Um, and it wasn't until that, like, we really started looking for a house that he finally made the connection of us being able to afford a house that we want and how not having this car note made that possible. Then he stopped, because literally, I, I mean, I would... Like, you know how, like, you know, you might look at your man's, like, um, um, uh, phone and you're like, oh, you already know, like, the, the search history might be porn. Um, his search history was trucks, 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 trucks. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it was crazy. I'm like, you're obsessed. He's like, no, I just, I just feel like I just, and I would literally be like, he's going to, he's going to buy a truck. I, I can't do anything about it. He's going to randomly buy a truck and put us back, you know, in the dark ages where we were just left from. And like I said, it wasn't until we started going house shopping that he was like, ah, got it. Because at the time we thought we were going to get a mortgage and, you know, if he would have had a car note, we would have been approved for way less. And it just, it opened up his mind to like, got it. It's not deprivation of you're not getting a truck. It's you open yourself up to opportunities to be able to get things that you, that mean even more to you than that car. And so now I it actually just like now I was like, okay, babe, you know, we, we bought two properties, you know, everybody in our family is good. Like, you know, you should, you know, go ahead and get whatever, you know, truck or car you want. And, you know, I, we, we like went through our budget and like how much the payment should be. And honestly, it's like pulling teeth. He's like, nah, let, let's get one more place. Let's get one more. And I'm like, cause I mean, he, he, my, my husband is driving. Cause I was going to give away my, um, um, my, my Camry, you know, that, that $4,000 Camry that I bought. No, yeah. he like, he like fixing things up. And so he fixed it up and that's what he's driving. I'm like, babe, you can, you can, you know, go ahead. We have, you know, we're okay now. We've, we've reached our goals. You don't have to drive this car. And he's like, honestly, I really want for us to get a, an, um, a small apartment building, like anywhere from four to eight units. I want to focus on that. And I'm like, wow, who are you? Because that was not the man that I met who was going to get a truck every other week. Um, and so I love that, that, you know, that, you know, it's, it's when you focus on goals about what you want to achieve versus just like kind of like the stuff that you want to have, the conversation shifts, you know? Yep. Well, that's, that's it awesome. for your auto loan lecture from me. Um, <laughs> hopefully that wasn't hey, that too, was too painful. Well, I, you know, I think it's something worth talking about. Maybe it's not going to, it's not going to crush the economy the same way the housing crisis did, but I think it's slowly, it's just slowly chipping away at people's potential you know, for what they can accomplish and save and put away. And when you save, you are free, you know, you're free to make decisions, you're free to make better choices for yourself, because you don't have that, you don't have to turn to debt. And you don't have to, you know, stay at the job you hate if you have savings saved up. So um, take a look at your car statement, I'll put a link to a calculator everyone can use to, to kind of calculate how much they're paying on their auto loan. And, um, you know, feel free to send us your questions. If you have questions about anything we talked about on the show, 
Maybe we should talk about credit card debt later or next because yeah. let me tell you, credit card debt is also on the rise in a major way, in a major, major way. People are feeling very confident in themselves <laughs> in 2019. Um, cool. So now that we flooded you with all of our dope car um car note chat let's take some of your questions let's maybe just a couple because i know we did a lot of financial like um um coaching yes <laughs> we won't yeah. say nagging or lecturing <laughs> couple of, oh we have some we have some you know good little questions so again you guys can send us your questions hit us up at brownambitionpodcast.com okay or go oh, to the um <laughs> Like that I'm sorry. I'm, my it's reflexes okay. aren't where they used to be. It's okay. <laughs> and hit ask us anything or shoot us an email directly at brownambitionpodcast at gmail.com. Here are a couple of questions. So here's an easy one from listener Marley. She wants to know, how do you transfer money from one bank like Bank of America to an online bank account without paying a fee? Ooh, good, good one. Marks from Marley. Dope name. Lucky. Um, so I know, so I have, well, I'm not going to tell you the bank that I have the brick and mortar bank. They're the worst. Sorry. So I'll have a bank. Let's call it Mark. Okay. <laughs> and so Mark bank, <laughs> Mark bank charges to transfer out, right? Because you know, Mark bank is the worst. That's what the worst does. But I also have ally who I love. Hey, ally. Ally does not charge to retrieve or send money. So instead, what you could just do is go to the bank that doesn't charge. Like typically the online only bank doesn't charge, but you definitely want to check. So whenever I'm trying to transfer money, I actually go to Ally does the transferring for me. So Ally will will go to Mark Bank and, and take money, or Ally will transfer money into Mark Bank, and then Mark Bank doesn't have to have a say because it's the Ally Bank doing the work and they don't charge for that work. Also, have you ever used Zelle? I do. I have. My husband and I have done this. There's been times where I needed to transfer money because we both have um, we have some Chase credit cards. We each have a Chase checking account too. Not that you need one, but we just happen to have one. Um, and the way that we transfer money is, well, first of all, some banks have but in, bank to bank transfers should be free and pretty easy to do through the app. But then a lot of these big banks all are in the Zelle network, where which allows you to send money like to so let's say Tiffany has bank ABC and I have bank XYZ if they're both using Zelle I can instantly transfer money to Tiffany through Zelle without incurring mm -hmm. any fees and Zelle is free the only you know with any of these payment things or even um, you know things like Chase Quick Pay um, you just have to read very carefully the the protection and make sure that you're sending protection terms and make sure that you're sending money to someone that you know because some of these services may not cover you in case of fraud if you've initiated the transfer yourself. That's what mm. we found in our research. So if you're the one sending the money and you're like, oh, yeah, I know this is Tiffany's email address and I got it correct and you send it her way and it ends up not being her, um, ends up being a scammer who you know gave you her email with one letter different, then you may be on the hook or never get back those funds. So just be careful. Um, there's all kinds of different apps. There's, um, I can send a list of a roundup. There's things like pop money that was around. I think it's still around today. Um, there's a circle circle app. There's a zillion different ways. There's good old Venmo. So if you're just trying to split the bill with a friend and you want to transfer money from your bank account to their pocket, you both have a Venmo account and then you just send the money through your account. It debits your checking account that's linked, um, and goes to their bank. And I use Venmo to pay um, to, to even just give tips when I've gone to like the hair salon or something 
and they I don't have cash on me, I'll like Venmo them a tip. So it makes it super easy. Hmm, look at that. See? Yeah. We have all these different Yeah, all these different options. So Marley, you should be good on good. Good on good. And here is a question from listener Kendall. Oh, she's funny. Kendall says, I've never posted a question for a podcast before. I honestly can't help but think that I shouldn't send you guys a question because you two are amazing, brown, ambitious women. And I'm <laughs> and I'm not. I am a half Mexican, half Caucasian, 26-year-old stay-at-home mom. I was adopted by a white couple when I was a baby, so I've mainly identified as Caucasian my whole life. I get asked, what are you? Same. I've been told that I look exotic, which just makes me feel gross. So I've always checked Caucasian for race. I'm embarrassed by that because I feel like I should be proud of who I am. My question is actually about my finances. Oh, but let's address this first part. Um, Yeah. Honey, you don't have to feel like you're not brown enough because, you know, society has made it easier for you to move through circles by just, you know, checking that Caucasian box. But um, I feel you on that 100%. Um, I think you're only 26. Like, I think it's time for you to figure out who you are. And if mm-hmm. learning more about your Mexican um, roots is important to you, there's so much you can do. Do you? Yep. And you, I, I mentioned the Queer Eye earlier. If anyone's watched this recent season, there's actually a really good episode. Oh, you should watch this, Kendall. Go to the episode with um, Jess. They give this young girl in Missouri named Jess a makeover. She's an African-American woman who was adopted by an African-American family um, but always liked things that black people in her life told her weren't black enough. So she mm. liked, um, music that they didn't like, you know, she liked rock music and that was seen as not black enough. And she now, and she's also, um, a lesbian and she's, she's gravitated toward the circle of friends who are LGBTQA and that really embrace her. But what she's, what she felt like she lost was her African-American roots. And she felt like she wasn't allowed to explore her black identity because she'd always been told, by that by black society or like people in her life that she wasn't black enough and mm-hmm. on the show it's really beautiful because there's a moment where she, where one of the um one of the makeover people karamo takes her to alvin igley dance center in her neighborhood in a in a part of town that celebrates black culture and just shows her that all she has to do is start researching start you know invest not investigating but start exploring things in her in her neighborhood um, you know, black owned businesses, black owned theater and arts events and things like that to really start tapping into that part of her identity. And I'm on a long spiel right now, but you don't have to wait for permission to explore yes. your Latina side at all. Exactly. And it's awesome. Honestly, it just, it's an ad- in addition to your Caucasian side. So, you know, you're, it's like double trouble, you know? <laughs> and so, you know, it's much or as little as you feel comfortable with. At the end of the day, it's your life. You get to decide. But so I just think that that's an awesome addition. And um, yeah. But what's her question? The question is, so she mentioned she's a stay-at-home mom, 26. She wants to know what is the best way to go about saving and being financially responsible when planning for baby number two? Number two. Damn, girl. Ooh, child. We were just talking about the ahead of the game. but you know what you're gonna be like 40 something years old with grown kids and 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 popping like well my kids are out the house i'm about to travel even more now so like you know i'm a little jealous of that to be i am (laughs) am. (laughs) so what she what can she do to start preparing now this is a strategy that i've heard when i've done stories on the same topic and it's to immediately start saving half your income and living off the other half and whatever you need to do to get to a place where you can achieve that balance, um, that'll help you prepare for like the financial impact of having 
a child. And in your case, this will be your second child. Um, so try that and see how it works. Um, and you've already had the experience, more experience than we have because we, we don't have a – well, you have a stepdaughter. But anyway, don't have first baby yet. But you maybe know what your monthly expenses have been to raise your first child. So maybe you could take a look at how much you were spending on average um, in your first child's you know, first 6 to 12 months of life and then start getting used to um, setting that money aside so you have a bit of a cushion in place already before number two comes along. Yeah, honestly, from what I understand for parents with multiples, like you can never save enough. And so if you can save, you know, as much as you can, like Mandy said before, your bundle of joy, your second bundle of joy gets here. That's just going to help you. And also too, of what I've heard from parents, because I'm one of five, is that like, there's like, and I'm sure you know, because you have your first one, it's like some magical door opens up and you figure it out, you know? Where like, you're like, oh my gosh, money's so tight. How could I save? I, I've got, you know, this one. And then two comes and somehow you're managing to feed the two. Um, and so, you know, lean into the fact that, you know, that parents typically figure out a way and, you know, you don't have to wait for the baby to get here to open up that magic and say, okay, what are some things that we really don't necessarily need? Um, Parents sometimes, especially with the first one, are typically overspending on things that the kids really don't care about as much as you think. You know, like I remember when my sister, my sister has two little ones, um, cut off her cable. And at first she was like, oh my gosh, you know, the kids are going to, I'm like, first of all, the baby is like one and a half and the, your oldest child, oldest child is like three. He doesn't know what cable is. YouTube is I'm, free. For what? And like, when I tell you, those kids are like, there's this little channel called Little Baby Bum, which is a weird name, but whatever. But they love that little baby bum. And then Netflix, I gave her my Netflix password. Those kids don't know nothing about cable. <laughs> <laughs> so there's a lot of things sometimes I feel like that parents kind of like impose financially on their kid. Like, oh, my kid needs this. And it's like, yeah, honestly, here's the thing about kids. Um, there's no such thing as normal. Whatever life they're living is normal. If everything in your house was pink, your kids would think pink was the way everybody lived. If you only ate broccoli all day, your kids would think everybody only eats broccoli. Like you get to normalize what's normal. So, you know, if you normalize frugality, um, your kids won't know any different until they get like to middle school and the rest of the kids are like, what, girl, you need to see fried chicken on Fridays. That's what I found out that people had fried chicken because my mother was like super healthy. And I was like, oh. What? There's skin on chicken and it's delicious. That's another. <laughs> that's another. Where, where are we going with this? <laughs> I know. But I say all that to say is that, like, you know, like create an environment where frugal and fun is is normal and save as much as you can. Yes, and use those hand me downs from baby number one. Hope you still got yeah. them. Yes. Good luck, Kendall, and uh, thanks for your question. All right, guys. Again, brandambitionpodcast at gmail.com or hit us up at brandambitionpodcast.com with your questions. Yes, now it's time for our booster break for all the family. Will you boost? Will you break? Which one will it be, Mandy? Oh, that was a good. <laughs> you should write that down for next time. I well, you already know it's gone already. We might we might, owe, we might owe royalty to Disney, but <laughs> we won't. Y'all won't tell. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna so are do, you going to boost? Are you going to break? I'm going to do a break, a brown break. Ooh. I'm having a little moment in my millennialness of just being outraged by our recycling culture, and I feel like I need to talk about it. So, of course, I try. You know, when you have a dog. 
as a good neighbor, you pick up when your dog goes number two in a little a little baggie for dogs number two is a poop bag, shall we say. And I knew I was like going to be throwing away at least three poop bags a day. Okay. I didn't realize it would be like six because Molly, I don't know what that girl eats, but she, anyway, she goes a lot. But these poop bags, so I decided I was going to invest in like biodegradable bags that aren't that expensive. So I got them on Amazon, but that would actually, I don't know, not hurt the environment, just plastic. I don't know if you've read about plastic and how bad it is for any, it's like it's winding up in oceans and it's getting stuck up turtles' nose and all kinds of mm-hmm. stuff. Plastic is bad. I thought I was doing a good job. But then, of course, you read, I start reading on the internets about how, first of all, some companies, if they're selling biodegradable, and this goes beyond just doggy poop bags, but like biodegradable utensils and plastic, or not plastic, but biodegradable plates and things like that, disposable things, they're not always actually just, you know, actually um, composting in landfills. And they're actually can be hurting landfills and being bad for the environment. And on top of that, I'm reading also research that's shown that like, not research that's shown, but did you realize in America, most of our recycling, we sell it to China, like a ton of recycling. We just sell it to China or com- or countries overseas. And what's happening is China recently said, no, 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 ma'am, we don't have any space for America's trash anymore. Mm-hmm. So we're not buying it anymore. So where is our recycling going? You know, when we, were separ- when we separate things in our day-to-day lives, is it really going where it's meant to be going? Is it actually being recycled? Or is it ending up back in landfills? I want to know. And my 10-year-old self who watched that episode of Arthur, when Francine's <laughs> dad took them to the, you know, where he worked as a garbage man and showed them making playgrounds out of their trash. Like, I want to know where these playgrounds are. And I want to know that that we're not just contributing to this, I don't know, this like environmental crisis. And that is my my break. I have no answers. I only have, I'm just now getting woke about trash and where it actually goes. Yeah. It's hard to watch. I need to compost. I've heard I need to like dig a hole in my backyard. And the best way to get rid of dog business is by digging a hole, digging a hole in the backyard. I'm like, my backyard is not big enough. That's going to be reeking. So I don't know what to do. But I'm yeah, honestly, now. I remember I was part of the, the, environmental club when I was like in um, middle school and high school and I felt so hopeful and I'm like, we're still here. Barely. I don't know. Yeah. I just feel like we're, we're going to have a trash reckoning people. Yeah. That's what I mean. That we're still here, still dealing with the same thing. So I'm oh, like, wow. I see. <laughs> yeah. Like I was like, wow. Cause you know, I was like, yay, we're doing these things where, you know, we're trying really hard. We're going to see a difference. And I'm like, Oh, not so much. So I actually, I have two, two booths. So one boost is like a little fun one. Um, well, they're both fun. One, um, BT, Black Entertainment Television. If you're not following them on IG, you should because they're doing this fun series called I Was a Soul Train um, Dancer. Um, and it's not like I never thought about it. I mean, I watched Soul Train as a kid, I guess. I mean, I vaguely remember. Um, but it's just this like like a series of short documentaries on, I guess, like, iconic soul train dancers and honestly it's really nice to learn about how do they get on soul train what are they doing now and it's nice because you know sometimes BET is not the best programming and so what I love is like in the comments people are reminiscing people are like oh I remember that guy it's just so if you need a little boost a little a little brown boost actually you know head over to BET's IG um page it's just BET and you know watch some of those videos they've been really nice to watch um but my big brown boost goes to Jessica Nabongo. Hey, Jess. 
Her IG is the catch me if you can. And Jessica is on her way. She just was like highlighted by Good Morning America. She is the very first black woman to, um, she's going to be the very first black woman to visit every single country. I guess she's right on the cusp right now. Um, yeah, isn't that crazy? Every single country. How many countries? There's a hundred, like two, oh, okay. 195. Yep. I was about to say 195 Ooh, countries. And I just think that that's really cool. I've been following her on, um, I've been following her on, um, IG and I honestly, her pictures are obviously, you know, just gorgeous. Um, and yeah, I'm just, it's just really cool to see someone who, has taken travel kind of like uh, to the next level and that she'll be the first black woman to do this, you know? I'm so jealous. That's awesome. Yeah, that is awesome, right? And I was just like, so, yeah, that's just like, yeah. I was like, look at Jessica. What's that? Really if you awesome. catch me if you can? It's the catch me if you can. The catch me if you can. Dope. Mm-hmm. Like you'll love her pictures. Vicariously through. Exactly. Oh my gosh. <laughs> People are so crazy. I'm looking at the comments. Someone was like, why is she the first black woman? Why not just the first woman? Ridiculous. Someone was like, what do you mean? A white woman probably already visited every country. <laughs> yeah. I, mean, I mean, sometimes people are really looking for like, oh my gosh. Because it's like, not accurate. <laughs> I mean, like, it's like, girl, because someone already did it who was not black. It would only be but, offensive if someone wrote the headline, black woman visits every country. Yes. Then so why clearly, has she got to be black? I was going to say, clearly, I mean, that's what it's implying to me. I'm not for sure. But it's implying to me that there was a white woman, maybe a Spanish woman or somebody else who has already done that. So we're, you know, making the emphasis because she's the first black woman. I don't know what it is about people who are non-black, not people, everyone, but there are certain people who are non-black who get so offended when you actually say the word black. I'm like, why? Oh, we don't see color. That's why. I know. I'm colorblind, except for at night when I'm clutching my purse. Girl, sit down. She said, why does she have to be the first black woman? Because she's a black woman. <laughs> so, yeah, that's my boost for Jessica and then also for BET for actually doing right by us. You know, like I want to see like black history, kind of like fun, like things like that on your IG and on your network. We don't need to watch Baby Boy one more time. Even though I don't even watch BET like that because of <laughs> the programming. But it would be nice to see things like that because I'm telling you, these have been really nice, like fun videos to kind of like look back with nostalgia on what was, you know. Maybe I should follow BET on Instagram. I can't say that I do. <laughs> I did watch Soul Train, though. Oh, see? Right? The dance is like, Probably oh, all wow. of us have, like, an uncle or an aunt removed or something like that who was on Soul Train. <laughs> I'm like, really? I don't think I did. But that would be funny. Maybe and I've never asked before. Just, you never know. You never know. All right. Well, it's been an awesome show, Mandra, as per usual. I mean, are you getting ready for your time off? What are we going to do without you? You are going to have some guest hosts who are going to slay. Okay. Yes, guys, I'm going to be taking two weeks off just to like woo Like, So I'm trying to not, not even trying. My team has already let me know they're going to lock me out of everything, um, <laughs> which honestly I need. Like I don't have any like major plans in place. I'll try to at least go somewhere new and different, but maybe some massages, a pedicure, because my feet are definitely winter feet right now, which is not a cute look. Ooh, winter feet, all caps. <laughs> <laughs> hashtag oh no <laughs> um yeah just like and you know just to relax and it will be because usually like even if I take like the day off or half a day I'm still thinking about oh tomorrow I got to do xyz you know well, and so this this would be nice not to think that 
Yeah, and you'll come back fresher and better than ever. So, you guys, don't worry. I got y'all. I got y'all. We are going to have some incredible guest hosts joining us the first couple of episodes of April. Let me see. I've confirmed them so I can share. We're going to have our favorite. What do we call her? Our fairy money godmother? Lynette, yeah, it's very godmother. Yeah, the money very coach, the money coach yeah. herself, Lynette Califani Cox, who I think still has one of our most popular episodes ever, where we talked about negotiating and asking for more at work. So Lynette's going to be joining us, and also we'll have for the first time Sandy Smith, who is the founder of Yes I Am Cheap, which is a personal finance blog. Sandy is like the ultimate hustle queen. I feel like holds down a nine to five job, but has all these side hustles and is has been. We've been trying to have her on the show forever. I feel like so. Yeah. I'm very – I think you guys are going to love you some Sandy if you're not always you if you're not also Honestly, following her. Everyone loves them some Sandy. She's so awesome. Tells it like it is. Hilarious. Can't wait to have her on. So we're in good hands, you guys. Don't worry. Don't go ghosting me without Tiffany. It'll still be a great show um, <laughs> while Tiff gets some much-needed rest and relaxation. The Bigger Pockets portfolio of podcasts are worthy of your investment. We're having a real conversation as real real estate investors. New episodes available every day. It's important to buy where it makes money and not necessarily where you want to travel to. Bigger Pockets on the market, rookie real estate or money podcast. The purpose of flipping is to create more cash so then you can reinvest into other types of properties. The Bigger Pockets podcast on YouTube or wherever you listen.